Blog Talk Radio. Guy is man. Uh, I crossed paths with him, but before 
before I ever met him, I knew about him because I'm always trying to encourage my children. And uh, my son and I were having some conversations about his future. And he was a, he was a young kid. He was probably about about 14. And 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 you know he was telling me all the stuff he wanted to do with his life. And I was like, you know, you really need to make yourself acquainted with people that have already done the things you want to do. So I made him go online and find some young black millionaires. And and the person he came back with with was Dr. Fairgrave. This young man made his first million at 15. Can you believe that? Boy, it's a lot of old folks ain't touched that yet. So we got a great show lined up for y'all today. Before I get completely into it, let me let me hit y'all with the tour dates. Rodney Perry is currently on tour. Shouts out to uh, everybody that came out up to this point in the year to see me live. I'm in Columbus, Georgia. I'm in Columbus, Georgia coming up. Um, I'm in Columbus, Georgia coming up. On um, September 6th, September 6th, I'm in Columbus, Georgia, with my man Laugh Love. And uh, and also uh, September 9th and 10th, I'm at the Laugh House in Philly. And September 13th, September 13th, I will be in Los Angeles at the Comedy Store for uh, tripping on Tuesday with my, with my man Chris Spencer. And then the 15th and 16th, I'll be in Las Vegas for for my birthday, I'm sorry, the 16th and 17th, I'll be in Las Vegas for my birthday, and uh, it's time, it's time to get the show started, enough about what Roddy Perry's doing, it's time to bring in one of the coldest men in the game, one of the most powerful young men I've had the pleasure of meeting, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, uh, publisher, entrepreneur, encourager, uh, a spreader of good news, please welcome Dr. Great. What's up, Doc? You on the line? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, brother. Man, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, like I was saying to my audience before uh, I brought you on the line, is that I'm such a fan and uh, of what you do on so many levels, and I know you've been doing it from a very young age. What gave you the wherewithal to even fathom starting a business at what, eight years old? At, at six, actually. I've been selling something at for six. 20 years. <laughs> I'm Man, getting old, amazing. brother. I will be. Um, I didn't know you were a Virgo, brother. I'll be 27 September 9th, just a few days. And you the week after, uh, I guess you'll be, what, uh, 29, 28, or you? Man, I, hey, 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 20... Doc, I can't even let you say that. I, I earn these years. I'll be 41 on September September 15th, man, and, That's you know, up. I know a lot of people, a lot of people fudge their ages, but, you know, when you're a black man in America and you meet... Hey, you've made it, yes, sir, that far. People need to know about that, and you, you've made so many milestones. Like you said, you've been selling something since the age of six, and yes, sir. I, I, I'm, so, I'm so impressed with you on so many levels, man. So what, what, what made young... Six-year-old Farrah Gray said, man, I want to do something. Well, I'm a strong believer, as I've known to uh, have said uh, many times, that comfort is the enemy of achievement. It is when people are most comfortable with their lives and with their jobs, they don't want to bring about a change. And growing up in the projects, uh, growing up very poor, my mom had had a heart attack, and the doctor said that she may not live. So I said, wait a minute. I knew it was because of stress and growing up in the projects and growing up in a poor neighborhood and my father being 
a black leader and activist, uh, Khaled Muhammad was his name, and uh, my mom left him when I was very young. She said, look, activism doesn't pay the bills, so she went out working right. three jobs at a time. Right. And when I woke up, she was up. When I went to sleep, she was up. So I never actually saw my mother sleeping. So I got up one morning. I said, wait a minute. I'm I'm not going to come home until I've helped my mother pay the bills. And I started painting rocks that I saw on the streets. I found the right kind of rocks. You feel me? (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I I saw rocks in the streets, and I started painting them. And I would knock on people's doors, and I would say, would you like to buy this? I never called it a rock. And people look at me as if to say, isn't that the rock that was in front of my door? I was like, yeah, it's, it's different. It's different. It can be used as bookends, paperweights, and door stoppers. I made $50, 5,000 pennies. I was balling. You couldn't tell me I wasn't rich. And that oh was my really God. the you seed. Are rich. I was balling, out of control, <laughs> with all $50. But that was really that, that pivotal moment. And I always say everybody needs a pivotal moment because people don't change because they're motivated or they hear a motivational speaker necessarily write a book. Uh, excuse me, they read a book. Uh, not really. A lot of times people change because they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. It's through, our belief, I believe, our discomfort is what promotes us uh, to grow, to take our lives to the next level. You know, I always liking it. I'm like, all right, you go to the gym today, you don't feel no discomfort tomorrow, you know you didn't do very much. So it was that discomfort uh, that made me want more out of life. Dr. Fairgrain, we're on with him today, man. Um, if you want to call in and, and listen, or if, you, if you're online, the number is 718-305-6383. Doc, man, you have been on all the shows. You've been uh, um, showcasing Oprah Magazine. You're, you're, you've got from Oprah and Friends. You've been on Daily News, CNN, 2020, PBS, NPR, uh, all these outlets. And you're and, a, of course, a publisher. And, of course, the Monique Show. <laughs> And, of course, the Monique Show, and, and and now Rodney Perry Live, who we are very uh, blessed to have you on. And, yeah. and I, I'm, again, again, really impressed at your demeanor. And you, you came out of the elevator on the Monique Show, and what I didn't know is you got some moves, too. I, I had to break it down. I had to represent. <laughs> I had to represent. <laughs> now People, you, when they see Chicago, me now, places, they're like, oh, I'm going to do the far gray dance. Ah, I love it. Hey, hey, you're a Chicagoan. How how has Chicago specifically shaped your journey? Chicago, I think, breeds uh, a certain type of brother or sister. We have a certain level of hunger because there's something unique. Even, unfortunately, when we look at the statistics, I'm supposed to either be in prison or dead. And we have one of the highest uh, murder rates uh, as it relates to black youth uh, in the country. So that level of poverty and that mindset, because in the inner city, we only grow up to be what we can see. So I started saying to myself, you know, I want to help break down those walls so we can grow up uh, and be and see more through other examples. So Chicago really um, gave me that hustle. You know, some people say, well, you know, isn't hustle a negative? No. The same knowledge it takes, and some of y'all understand, buy wholesale, sell retail. You could take that same knowledge and flip it towards the positive. And I think that's really what Chicago did for me was it made me get out there and want to make things happen. Even Abraham Lincoln said there will be things that will come to those who wait, but only 
what's left by those who hustle. So it made me get out and want to work. Wow, that's amazing. It reminded man. me of a third world country, you know, and that's the spirit I think we all have to have, especially in this economy. You know, we have to have that third world country entrepreneurial attitude. If you're born in one of those countries, hell, there's no Exxon Mobil or Walmart to hire you. You have to get out there and feed yourself. You have to be the OOO, the only operating officer. You know, I, I, I'm such a big fan of entrepreneurship, and 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 you've been an entrepreneur since the age of six. Well, what what do you think fuels that for us as people of color? Because you know, for us, I think a lot of times you'll see people move into your community and set up a business, and you'll be mad at them, but you never tried to do that. Why 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 aren't people in our community trying to be entrepreneurs? You think? You know, it hurts me. I hear us brag, and I'm almost embarrassed, but a lot of black people are proud of it, and I try not to say it in public that we have a buying power of over $800 billion, but we're not spending it with each other. We're not investing it. And as I said um, with, with you on the Monique show, I said, you know, we have to spend our money wise. If you have a Land Rover, a Land Cruiser, and have a Landlord, something's wrong. So a lot of it's times. It's a bad equation. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of times we end up uh, continuing this uh, perpetual curse of being just fuel for the economy, and that's what we are. So I think that a lot of times coming from a place of lack, we don't realize that entrepreneurship, because so much has been taken from us. We lost our, our, our names, our language, our religion. I mean, we lost it all as a people. Um, so therefore... We just want – we end up buying things. I call them lie abilities, things that are in style today that will go out of style tomorrow. So I think it's that spirit of all that we've been through as a people that we just don't even have the confidence because we don't realize that entrepreneurship is common sense. It's just not common practice. I say no matter where you work, what you do, think of yourself as an entrepreneur because there's no such thing as – a company uh, employee loyalty. When they fire your behind, you gone, and you got about thirty seconds <laughs> right. to get off the premises. You feel me? So think of yourself exactly. as an entrepreneur. Exactly. Even if you work at McDonald's, ba -da -ba -ba -ba, I'm loving it. Regardless, you still are providing a service. You're trading hours for dollars, and you are that product. As I said, you are the OOO, the only operating officer. So remember that you are your own brand. You are your own product. Give Rodney Perry, for example. Now let's talk about him. Obviously, yes, you work with Viacom, obviously. We've seen you all over the world via television. But yet he has maximized his brand by all of the other ancillary products, DVDs. Before you were even on BET, I remember watching a DVD. I was flying, I think I want to say I was going to Paris. I was going somewhere. It was a long flight. Uh, from uh, Las Vegas, uh, where I live, and I've been watching one of your DVDs. So you've got DVDs, you've got the comedy enterprise, you've got the the, the show. Um, it just it's just so much, and that's what the key is: multiple streams of income. And I think that's what we have to get the idea that we can still get our hustle on, and again have another stream of income. Wow, well said. Now, now being such a young man, um, has that ever been? Something that was a uh, what people didn't maybe take you seriously, or or what has been what have has been the hurdles for you based on your youth? Oh, 
My God. I mean, even to this day, people still say, boy, weren't you born yesterday? And I would say, yes, I was born yesterday, but I stayed up all night. You feel me? <laughs> you feel me? You feel me? <laughs> I love it. I got to clarify. So a lot of times, yeah. yes, when you're young, when you're black. See, that's another reason why a lot of black businesses don't work is because we have internalized uh, the stereotype that we believe in the hype. And that's that, you know, how, you know, every black business, you know, we, we don't show up to work on time. I know a lot of hardworking black people that show up to work on time. The next one of the other stereotypes is, oh, you know, we always out of something. I've been to several non-black restaurants, and they were out of something. So it's those things that hurt us, I think, in our community that we continue to eat, breathe, and sleep. Uh, these stereotypes about us uh, that really hurt us, I think. And, it, and that's what goes back to that whole, again, entrepreneurial mentality. We're not working together. We're not building. And then when you go to Walmart, it says made in Korea, made in China, made over here, made in there. But what do we produce and what do we manufacture? We don't own a brick, a stick, a spike, a spoke, a huff, a puff, nor a blade of grass. Wow. And, and that's, that's a very powerful statement, and it's so true. I think I think we still suffer from the, the Willie Lynch uh, mentality. And, and you know what I, I believe, and you, I would love your comment on this, that, you know, when you hear the crab in the barrel and you hear all those negative connotations, that ultimately that kind of chips away at your resolve, and, and it kind of yeah. makes you, you know, kind of believe it over the long haul and, and I, I think we, especially as people of color, we're we're at a loss, you know, in a lot of respects when it comes to money. Like uh, most of us don't know anything about money until we get it. Like if you're an entertainer or a lawyer or or you're a first generation in your family, you know, you're at a you're at a loss because you don't have a reference point on what to do with that money. Can you speak? How can we uh, get rid of those generational curses that way? Well, that's a twofold question. One, or comment, you mentioned crab in the barrel mentality. And unfortunately, I think we're not as divided as we are disconnected as a people. Because if we could just come together, um, I always liken it as cold as it gets in Chicago, one snowflake falls from the sky, it's insignificant. But when those snowflakes come together, they become powerful enough to shut down cities and states. And we, too, are like those tiny snowflakes, but we're too busy hating on each other, hating on one another. We can't get along. We can't just love each other. We don't realize, and I want to go on record for saying, I have met and connected with a lot of people, and I want to say to your listening audience that, brother, you are one of the realest, I want to see my people succeed, brothers that I've ever met. And that's inspirational to me to see other brothers that want to help, that want to pull everybody together because we don't realize that if we get a bunch of feet in the door as opposed to one foot in the door or as the movie The Spook Who Set By The Door, then we all can walk in. And that's what I think one thing we have to, to look at and address. The next piece is how do we break it? I think that we need to start talking about money in the household. Children are practicing adults. My grandmother always would say that to me, and and still even to this day. Um, I think we need to bring in magazines like Black Enterprise, 
Bring in the Wall Street Journal. Start to quiz your children on what they've read. Ask them what's going on in the commodities market. Ask them what's going on with Nike since they like Nike so much. Quiz them. What, what, you know, what are Nike shares going for right now? Say, well, what do you mean by a share? Well, tell them what a share is. Tell them about the stock market. You know, as it says in the scripture, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. So if you give your children, even if you are unaware, you may be learning with them, but have that conversation about money and bring the literature in the house and turn off the television and turn off all the video games that seem to really cloud our mind and have us living in a virtual world uh, as opposed to reality. And even with the Internet, I think I look at all these people on these message boards and these one time you tweeted, you said, you ever notice people, sometimes you'll tweet something and they'll say something kind of off-key or off-base that had nothing to do with mm-hmm, what you mm-hmm. tweeted? <laughs> right. You, know, we, I, you remember you tweeted that? Uh, you know, that stuck with me because even the Internet has really, I think, in reverse, it was supposed to, I think, birth a whole generation of creators, but it's birthed a whole generation of critics. Oh, my God, I completely agree. And and, and not, not so much critics, but anonymous critics. Like Anonymous, right, keyboard gangsters. <laughs> man, come on. That's your next book, Keyboard Gangsters. Keyboard you know, Gangsters. You know what I said? I want to do, I want to I wanna create a blog that holds blogs to task. Like, yes. I, to, because a blogger can say anything without anything. Anything that they, they don't no have to substantiate it. It don't have to be even true. They could just no, say a lie, you know, a lie can make its way around the world before reality gets out of bed in the morning. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Let, let, let me go into this. Yeah. Bill Clinton, former president of the United States, said, I know Fairgrave, and we have discussed his future. His motivation determines what we will do. His attitude determines how well we will succeed and make a difference. Good morning, America. Farragut is the ultimate American success story. Bishop T.D. Jakes, we are impressed by, by your list of accomplishments, your enthusiasm, and your optimism. Ebony Magazine, his name is synonymous with success and triumph and is already considered to be an entrepreneurial icon, business mogul, and best-selling author. What is it like to have these Prominent people and outlets recognize Farragut. It's an out of body experience, brother. Sometimes I look and be like, "Wow, that Farragut dude is kind of cool. I like him." Yeah, he's he, he all right. He's all right. He's all right. I, yeah. I like him. Uh, that's really what it is, brother. It just is almost surprising to me to even be recognized on any level. And I think the day that we lose that humbleness. Um, we lose that wow factor or we let um, doing shows and and uh, connecting with people and the accolades and the uh, compliments get old. I think that's the day that we'll kind of lose our way. You know, so I always humbly, I'm just very thankful. Um, I always think about what I wasn't supposed to be. Um, and that's what really motivates me, you know, and I... <laughs> I would tell the story of a lady. She called and cussed me out. She was my teacher. and She said, why did you put my name in your book? And she had told me what I wouldn't be able to do and told me that I was poor and my family's poor and I couldn't be a successful entrepreneur. And I remember saying to her uh, when she called and cussed me out, I said, the reason why I put your name in my book so you couldn't crush anyone else's dreams. 
and two, and as I've read, that we should never allow anyone's perception of us to become our reality. And I wow. think that's key. Well, and another thing, I just want to thank you, brother. I have no, I noticed it. I appreciate it. And uh, Far Great Publishing really appreciates the whole Monique Show family, brother. For, I mean, you guys have had many of our authors on Toya, uh, formerly Toya Carter, now Toya Wright. Uh, her book, we just uh, worked very hard as a team to put that on the New yeah. York Times bestseller list. You had Russ Parr, who's also one of my authors, on uh, the show uh, Flavor Flav. Uh, I love Flavor Flav, man. Yeah, he's one of the realest people. I mean, a heart of gold. This man is a musical uh, genius and prodigy. A lot of people don't know. He plays more instruments than some people can count. I mean, he's he's, he's literally a genius, uh, but they yeah. just know the fun side of him. Uh, you also had... Um, Don Lemon, primetime CNN anchor, uh, as well on the show. So, again, I just want to thank you for all the love and support and all the opportunities that your uh, work and Monique, uh, her work as well, has provided platforms for so many people that just don't get the acknowledgement because, really, it's so hard being black. The the most important thing about the Monique show was just that. It was It was not so much about myself or Monique. It was about all of these these people that were black that hadn't had a, a platform for the last yeah. two decades. Yeah. So so where where was I gonna find out about Fairgrave Publishing? Where was yeah. I gonna find out about the wrestler that was uh that that lost his leg that, through a birth defect, but he's still a successful wrestler? Where yeah. else was I gonna uh find out about uh the fact that? That uh, uh, Tony Terry's got a new album coming out. You know what I mean? Where, where am I going to see Bell Bib DeVoe make a comeback? Where am I going to see Bobby Brown, Bobby Brown clean and sober? So that that's what was powerful about that. But but let's talk about Farrah uh, Gray Publishing. Let's talk yeah. about your your vision for the publishing company as a whole. My vision is really to change lives one book at a time. And I think everybody, again, as I said before, needs a pivotal moment. And there are cases where it's actually a book someone read that changed their life. Uh, When I look even back to Dear Dad uh, by Kimani Marley, uh, From the Streets to Prominence, and his life story, just to read the letters, to read how people's lives have changed, is very... uh, brings me a lot of joy. It's it's almost self-serving to know that I've helped other people. It's like, wow, you know, I was able to help. I was able to be of service because I believe we should all be ashamed to die unless we've made a contribution to society. So that is my contribution. Um, yes, we've grossed millions of dollars doing it in the process, so I'm not mad at that. <laughs> we, we, we are getting paid. Yes, we are. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, in such a way. So, you know, just, again, far great publishing. We've got Kim Zosiak, uh, Atlanta Housewives. Her book is quite interesting. It's, uh, really? We're playing with the title called How to Cop a Big Papa. How to Get a Rich Man. I, I, I love it. How to Get a Rich Man. How to, how to Get a Rodney Perry. <laughs> Man, I'm rich in spirit. Now, now um, uh Farragut Publishing, what do you say to this this statement? And, and, and I'm sure you've heard it before, and, and maybe even when you decided to open a publishing company, black people don't read. Is that true? No, not at all. 
I think that that's another stereotype. Well, first of all, everybody's reading. We're reading status updates. We're we're reading tweets. We're reading emails. And we read literature that's interesting and intriguing to us. But how many publishing houses can we say have actually produced content that really had us in mind? So I've seen, um, you know, obviously we just put a book on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, my books, uh, Rillionaire, Get Real, Get Rich, The Truth Shall Make You Rich, are selling in over 22 countries and 10 different languages. I mean, it just hit the bestseller list in Germany. So black people are reading, people are reading, and um, I think it's more of a, a stereotype. We are reading. It's just a matter of what type of literature you put in front of us. And I think, obviously, people are pretty much gravitating to the books that we've been putting out. So I'm just very thankful uh, at this point. And I don't just market and promote books to the black community. As I said, Kim Zosiak is not an African-American yes. woman, contrary to popular belief, Atlanta. I know. Uh, <laughs> even, though, uh, even though she's the only non-African-American on the Atlanta Housewives show. Um, so, really, I think it's it's a stereotype. And, again, being a businessman... Um, I don't really mind who reads the books uh, as long as exactly. it's changing somebody's life uh, at some point in time. You, you, you've you written some, some very powerful books yourself. Uh, Dr. Faragray, the author, um, what what do you say to the, the, the woman or man that walks into your office that has a story and doesn't really know how to get it out? Well, here's the thing. So many people pitch books, and uh, you can go to faragray.com. That's F-A-R-R-A-H-G-R-A-Y.com, faragray.com. And a lot not, of people not, pitch, not Dr. Faragray? Not yeah, Dr. You can, Faragray. it points to that, too. It's D.R. Faragray or okay. Faragray. You know, some people are special needs people, so you just go as simple as possible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like if it could just be my initials. We'd be good, but yeah. So anyway, DRG, holla at me. <laughs> okay, or as slave always yeah. called me, yo DRG. So uh, <laughs> uh, uh, hilarious, <laughs> hilarious, exactly. I love so what that. I always say to that person is, tell me how you want to market this book. Everybody has a story. Everybody's talented. So what? Who cares? Every, I mean, there's so many funny people in the world. I mean, brother, you are not the only funny person in the world. Monique Very is not true. the only funny woman uh, actress in the world. And by the way, brother, I loved you in these past few movies I've seen. Very powerful role. Very powerful oh, wow. role. I think, you, I think you have brothers telling women all across the country, sit down. <laughs> sit down, please. Yeah, they you have to be so bad in movies. So the only question I asked uh, Tyler Perry when I got on the set, I was like, mm-hmm. We got to make sure this guy has some redemption because I was taking so much. That character took so much. But I think what happens as as men and women is that you get in the business of the relationship and not really in the business of loving each other. And I mm. think that's what happened to, you know, our characters, myself and Natalie Giselle Reed and uh, Medea's Big Happy Family out on DVD right now. Take care of it. Get it. Get it. But, copy, but this, copy. This, this, not about, this is not about me. It, it, it's about... Dr. Fairgrave. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's go back to that person. Let's go back to the person who has a book idea. I want to see your marketing plan. How are you going to market it? Like I said, the world is full of talented people, but if they don't have drive and determination 
and the way that they're going to get their product out, then because uh, people come, oh man, my book's going to be bigger than the Bible. Really? Oh, my book really? is going to be oh, okay. All right, everybody, I got a bestseller on my hands. I'm gonna let you publish it. I mean, I've heard it all. I said, oh wow, well, well, thank you. So I have uh, interns that read uh, probably get about two thousand proposals. We we only publish celebrities. Um, okay. Only. So, um, yeah. Every now and then we'll consider a person or two who's not a celebrity, but there are a lot of work, a lot of money has to be put. It's like breaking a new artist. You know, you hear about unprecedented deals like Mariah Carey, over $100 million, Whitney Houston, over $100 million. People say, well, how do these these uh, mega superstars get these mega deals? It's because a record label would rather take a chance on a Rodney Perry as opposed to a Perry Rodney that nobody knows. Wow. Well, well, that's, that's good business, though, at the end right. of the day. Because at least they have a fan base, people know who they are, you have something to build off of. Otherwise, not only are you trying to break their content into the industry and introduce it, you're also spending hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to brand them as being a creditable source. Because that's another question. Who are you? That's a lot of people want to know. So I would say it's important to try to write a hybrid book that's a biographical memoir meets a self-help inspirational book so you can bring both concepts together. Got it. Got it. I think I think too. What people people are always looking to be a part of the mainstream before they're a part of the mainstream. I think as an artist, like what I've had to do with my brand, I've had to build my brand from the ground up. I didn't just materialize on TV. It took me 15 years to get on TV. So yeah. so if you're an author, there's a hundred ways to self-publish nowadays. Am I right? Absolutely, and prove yourself. That's another thing. If you can come to me and say, well, I've sold X amount of books. Now, here's the challenge. People really can't afford to self-publish. Two, it doesn't lend. They call it ego press. Three, if you don't have marketing muscle, um, I mean, because we put real cash money. I mean, our authors have appeared on advertisements in Times Square. I mean, try to quantify Mm. that. I mean, we put them on national and international tours. Right now we have a a tour going with Flav all across the U.K. I mean, that tour alone, um, you know, is easily just a check for just in touring alone, we can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in just touring authors. Uh, So you you can self-publish, but the challenge with self-publishing is, again, it's almost like writing a book and nobody knows, again, who you are. So now you have a couple of challenges. You're introducing your content, you're introducing yourself, and then you're introducing your uh, publishing house all at the same time. Got it. Now, now how has how the way people consume uh, uh Everything affected you as a book publisher because people are, are so used to short form everything. Like, like if you look at YouTube is affecting television. Is that also affecting you as a publisher? Like people, people looking for quick fixes. Absolutely, uh, it's definitely affecting uh, the publishing industry. Uh, but eBooks have picked up a lot of the slack. Um, books mm-hmm. that are not four and five and six hundred pages. Um, it's wiser to do a book that's more in the 210, 220, 230, 190 range. Uh, that way people are able to really, you know, get in and get out with the content immediately. Uh, so it, it's just a matter, I think, of how you position it. Like I said, people are definitely still reading. 
Uh, yes, we've seen what Borders has gone through, and yes, it has affected. Um, it has affected many of us. I mean, I'm talking six figures, uh, and even more for some publishing houses. Money that we'll probably never ever see from them, uh, unfortunately. Wow. But uh, the thing is, I think for people today, it's important for them to really. Um, like I said, get that in and out kind of content. Ebooks definitely. Um, you definitely still want to print something. Uh, your print run may not be as large as it used to be, maybe ten years ago. But uh, definitely, right. I would say that the internet has really changed how we communicate. It's changed the music industry. I mean, now when before we would have to buy a CD, now we can just get it for free offline or play it a million times on YouTube. People wonder why YouTube views. Have sometimes you see somebody with 100 million YouTube views. I'm like, yeah, because they kept playing that song over and over and over again. <laughs> right, right. That's, that's, that's one person, mind you. That's one person. <laughs> hey, hey, we're on with Dr. Farrakhan. You're listening to world class publisher, motivational speaker, author. This man does it all, and he's been doing it since he was six years old. Uh, Doc, we got we got several people on the line waiting to say hi to you. Uh, let's go to the lines, man. I'm, I'm opening up the lines to a couple of people. Uh, you're calling in from, um, let's say, 601. 601. You're calling in from 601. You're on the line with Dr. Farrah Gray. What's up? Erico, 601. You're on the line. Uh-oh. I think we lost him. Okay. Okay. Maybe maybe they couldn't get it. Matt, give me uh, 313, Madeline. My assistant Madeline is on the line with me today. A blog talk was kind of tripping earlier, Doc. So we had to we had to do we had to work outside the box because the show must go on. Three one three, Detroit, Michigan. You on the line with Dr. Farrah Gray? What's up? What's going on with you? You all right today, brother? Yes, I'm doing great, man. Who am I speaking with? Uh, this is Carl King from Detroit. What's up, Carl? What's going on? I wanted to ask a question because uh, our company we did uh, the book the cover for um, Royce Reed's book, and she was in one of my plays. And I was wondering, had you ever contacted her, or has she tried to contact you before I gave her your information? Well, actually, we have Jennifer Williams uh, from Basketball Wise, and uh, her pro- her book is actually uh, in development as we speak. And uh, I'm not sure if anyone on my team, I have a great team of people, that's another uh, key element to being, I think, successful in business is having the right people around you. And if you have the wrong people around you, I would say if you can't change the people around you, then change the people around you. Shout out to Chuck D. Um, so yeah. someone on my right. team may have been in communication with her. I'm not sure. Okay, because I was just about to text her and tell her, because like I said, I was listening to the show. I'm an author myself. I got when you said celebrities. I got when my book is the Bible. All those things you were speaking to me, so I got all those things. But, you know, I'm going to play right out. Well, text messages and said, tell her I said hello. And then I'll tell her, try and get to give you a website and see what you guys can do. All right. All right, Rodney, always a pleasure. You can also make the introduction on Twitter as well, because I do respond to my Twitter quite often. Okay, and that's yeah. the same, uh, Farrah Gray. At Real Farrah uh, Gray. Okay, at, at Real Farrah Gray. All right, got that, got that. F-A-R-R-A-H. All right, man, peace, y'all. Thanks for the call. Hey, you guys, it's Rodney Perry Live. You're on the live with Dr. Farrah Gray. This man do it all. 
you know, that's what I like. I know you probably never been asked this question. Can you fight? Because you do everything good. I want to see you go 12 rounds with somebody. Oh, ain't nobody going 12 rounds with me. They got two at best. I tell people, I tell them straight up, Ali style, you dream you with me, you better wake up and apologize. I've been in martial arts the majority of my life. I've trained in kickboxing with my boy Ty Mock from The Last Dragon, you name it. I have not lost a sparring match yet, ain't lost, ain't lost a fight yet. So I'm just saying. I'm not I'm just saying. Oh no. Dr. Fairgrave is a gangster. Well, I, well, you know what? I, it all makes sense. From the south side of Chicago. Yeah, I do. Okay, okay. Would you tell them? Would you tell them? <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Hey, I grew up on the south side, 126th State, went to Carver High School, and uh, I, I, I love that city. Let me ask you a completely off-base question. This is a Rodney Perry random question. When you go home, what is your must-have food? Oh, my brother. I was just in Chicago last week, Harold's Chicken, um, Rana Japan, which is over on, on uh, Ontario Street, uh, which uh, puts a shame to Benihana's. Um, oh my God! Still got to get a little bit of popcorn, uh, but always oh, Harold's chicken. Garrett, Garrett's popcorn, Garrett's popcorn. Oh yeah, so those are a few things: Harold's chicken, uh, Garrett's popcorn, Rhonda Japan, um, and I always have to get it in uh, as it relates to the little, you know, shopping stuff, picking up an item here or two. Oh man, I, I love shopping in Chicago, man, and 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 I noticed you be wearing some fly. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the word world, if you will. 
Shout out to Jay-Z Filmmaker who's listening. The Closer is listening from Charlotte. My man, uh, Cyrus Webb, at Cyrus Webb is listening on my Twitter. At Jan South one is listening. Uh, thank you all all for tuning in today. This is Rodney Perry Live. We're completely live. Everything is going great. Let's bring in, um, Matt, let's bring in caller from Atlanta, 404-404. You are on the line. Rodney Perry Live with Dr. Fairgrave. Uh-huh. You on? Uh, 510, 510, you on with Dr. Fairgrave. 510, you still there? You on with Dr. Fairgrave? All right, technical okay. difficulties. I may, I may have had him on hold tomorrow. Hey, I, I'm Hello? sorry, y'all, if I missed y'all. Okay, we have somebody Here. talking to us. Hello. Who, who am I speaking with? This is the voice of Yaya Fanusi. Yaya, Yaya. Yaya. how are you, yes. man? Let, let me tell you, before, hold on, Yaya, before you say a word, hey, Doc, let me tell you about Yaya. And, you know, as a comedian, you have people that support comedy. And Yaya is one of those guys that's been coming out to watch us when with Cat Williams, uh, Lunell, uh, it, it was a bunch of us in the Bay Area, and Yaya was one of those people that would come out week after week and watch us grow as comedians. So it's great to hear your voice, Yaya. I haven't talked to you probably in at least a year. So how are you, yes. first of all? Well, let me say thank you for it. This is the first time I'm able to watch, listen to your program. I'm always busy. And uh, congratulations, uh-huh. Dr. Fox. And then, Rodney, this is what I want to say. What you're doing and what Dr. Fox, Dr. Gray is doing, yes, that's the game, right? Yes, we sir. need yes. to get the rank and file of our people, the young people, to know. So what I want Rodney to do is to call me to see how I could promote this show so that People, when Dr. Gray comes on, the young people who don't have no idea that so many of you guys are doing great job and it's so easy to do, you know, we need to put you. So call me, Ronnie, to see how we could promote this, this show for you so that more people will be listening of the, 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 the younger people who need guidance, who right. need mentors, who need inspiration. So call yes, me sir, and we'll work on that. Okay? And brother, where are you from? Originally, I'm from Africa, but um, I'm from... All, all black people from Africa, what part? I travel on Sierra Leone Passport. Ah, okay. Oh, Sierra Leone. Wow. Yes. Hey, yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you so much for the call. Thank you very much but for the call. We're, okay. we're, we're, okay. we're on with Dr. Gray. Doc, uh, let, let, me, let me go down your timeline. And, and if anybody want to look at what I'm looking at, you can go to uh, drfaragray.com or faragray.com. And you can even hear me when I did one of my first big interviews at 11 years old with NBC. You know what? I listened to that interview, and, man, I'm floored by this, man. And I told this story earlier in the show, but I want to tell it again. My son and I were kind of at an impasse, and, you know, he was telling me about some of the things that he wanted to accomplish in this world. And I was like, tell you what, you look up somebody that's done that. And and, and I gave him your name, and he went, he, he, he looked you up, and he was so completely floored wow. by your accomplishments at a young age. So at age six, you start selling body lotion from door to door. At age seven, you made a declaration on a business card, 21st century CEO, you know, which is, is awesome because you 
you spoke things that were not as though they were, which is something that we all have heard before. But you you were implementing those practices at seven years old. At eight years old, you started the Urban Neighborhood Economic Enterprise Club. What was that? Tell me about that. Very powerful group. Uh, that was really the launching pad for where I am today. It was a business club with my friends, about 15 of us. Uh, all ranges, uh, ages ranging from 8 to 12 years old. Uh, we met weekly at the Ramada Inn Hotel on the south side of Chicago. And it was almost like career day. We would bring in local business professionals to tell us about their careers, teach us about business. And it really inspired us to want to start businesses. But we realized after they had come in and given us so much advice that we still had no money. And that's where, okay. excuse me, that's where we decided uh, to start raising money. So I started asking some of those same people, "Will you give me a thousand dollars? Will you invest fifteen hundred, five hundred, three hundred? I raised fifteen thousand dollars for my club. Excuse me, and my friends and I were able to uh, take our they, that business club uh, to the next level. And I am able to communicate with some of my friends. Uh, you know, Chi Town Zone. Uh, one of Dorothy Tillman's daughters was a part of my club. Uh, one young lady, she has a fashion company and a marketing firm in Paris. So many of them did pretty well, and we were able to raise $15,000. Then I grew that organization over a few years, opened up an office on Wall Street, and raised a committed $1 million, uh when I was 13 for my venture capital fund. And so oh. Um, I just love to have fun. Um, you know, yeah. very spontaneous. Um, you know, my girl, we have a lot of fun. We'll travel. We'll go places together. Um, I'm just very spontaneous. You know, I could be, it could be bowling one day. It could be Africa the next day. Wow. Hey, hey it, it, it's got to be nice. Let's talk about some of your efforts. Uh, we're down to the last couple of minutes in the show, and I, I definitely want to cover this. Um, some of your efforts with, with your charity, uh, your yes. spokesman for the National Coalition for the Homeless, your spokesman for the National uh, Marrow Donor Program, uh, Greek Grade Leukemia Foundation, and, um, and, and of course, you know, your, your business now is Power Grade Publishing. Uh, but talk to me about why you give back. I believe that the seeds we plant today will harvest tomorrow. There's nothing, personally, I'm just speaking from experience, there's nothing more gratifying than someone grabbing you while you're walking down the street and saying, hey, I'm in college and you gave me a scholarship and I had no idea who they were because I give scholarships to those who are voted least likely to succeed. Um, Increasing the the bone marrow registry as it relates to African Americans in the registry. I lost my sister, Greek Gray, to leukemia, and we have roughly 5 million people in the registry, but only African Americans make up a few percentages of that, maybe like 5% or so, or maybe even less at this point. So I believe it's important to give back. One of the other things I wanted to mention before we close out is something that a lot of people, I guess, don't know about me is that I'm one of the, I'm a certified coin dealer. And I'm one of the largest uh, platinum dealers uh, in the country, especially Brothers. 
I buy gold, silver, platinum, jewelry, you name it, all those little commercials. The difference is I actually pay people ten times more than they do. Um, but, yeah, I'm behind a lot of that uh, as far as financially. So I basically buy up everything, gold, silver, platinum, jewelry, you name it. And, of course, people always calling me, asking me for loans and money. I'm like, okay, well, we can work this out. <laughs> we, we can discuss a loan based on collateral. So, yeah, so that's um, I'm kind of the go-to guy for that as well, which is not really in the public domain. Uh, it's just not something I really talk wow. about. Man, that's, that's super interesting to me, dude. I mean, uh, on top of all the other fabulous things, I, I guess you always got to be thinking outside the box at the next thing, though. Uh, you you, you kind of always have to be considering what's next. And I, and I want to say this in reference to bone marrow. Uh, uh, if it is anybody out there that's listening that's a person of color, you got to understand we can't take donorship from other people. Like black people can donate to everybody, but we can only receive uh, marrow from people of color. So it's very important that we, right. we get in those pools. And, 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 you know, I'm always reminded of, of, of jury duty. You know, uh, I, I once sat on a murder case for jury duty, and, I, and I, I always am reminded of people going, I ain't doing no jury duty. When I look like going down there, I ain't sitting down. But then when you're watching the news and you see the young black brother with no, no black jurors, it's, it's because you're not – making yourself available. Right? So we have to make ourselves available in terms of bone marrow and in terms of, of giving our organs. You know, you know, we got so many stigmas that we we, we still carry around. I ain't giving my well, I might need my organs in the afterlife. When when did you become an Egyptian? You know, oh, how about this? Oh, how about this? I'm gonna be on the side of the road and they won't help me because they want my organs. <laughs> really? But I'm telling you yeah. you heard it all. <laughs> It's amazing. So you know, I think it's very important that uh, that we, uh, as as people of color, really you know make ourselves aware of what's going on. And 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 man, I want to get in on this platinum situation. What I want, man? What I got, man? Come on, man, I need to invest. You know, I'm trying. Well, to a lot of entertainers, I work with them privately, and there's nothing better personally. I'm speaking from experience and. Uh, what has allowed me to be able to retire is buying gold, silver, and platinum. I mean, it has been a great investment. And like I said, anybody in your listening audience, if you need a loan, because I, I said, wait a minute, I've always, I've always been giving. Even when I created a venture capital fund, that's what I did, gave out money as a teenager. So I'm saying if you need a loan, call me because I can hook you up. Wow. Hey, hey, you heard it right here on Rocky Perry Live. Dr. Farrah Gray, author, publisher, uh, 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 a purveyor of the good news, and also we're loaning some money. What else you want? And, and, and on top of wait a minute, Doc. On top of all that, we'll whoop your butt if you get out of line. I, I love tell it. Uh, happy birthday coming up, man. Happy birthday uh, to you birthday as well, brother. Three days, three days away. You know, just hearing you say that today, it kind of made sense to me. Because, you know, I love Virgos, first of all. Virgos are always just great people to me. And I've been blessed enough. My best friend is born September 16th. You know, I have tons of Virgos in my life. But, hold on, let me give you a disclaimer, usually... though. Go ahead. I'm going to give you this quick disclaimer. I had dated yeah, a couple of Virgo women, and that didn't work. Ah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. This is the thing. 
May the force be a with Virgo you, Jay Z. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Um, this is the thing, but but Jay Z is a is a uh, is a uh, Sagittarius. So right. you know, what happens more, with Virgo man, Virgo woman? We are usually yeah. so driven individually exactly. that we have a hard time connecting. You know, yeah. beyond you know, probably making love. You know, that's always great. But outside of that, when you two always, are on parallel yeah. paths. You, you you'll never never connect. I've been there before. You know, take it from an old Virgo. You know, yes, leave that alone. Yeah. <laughs> but they make great. Hey, they make great friends though. A Virgo woman to make a great they friend. Do, and, and, uh, Very loyal women, amazing women. You know. So. Well, well, this is our time, man. I want to thank you so thank much, you man, for, for, me, for, for taking time out of your busy schedule for to come on my show. Uh, it is indeed a pleasure. To all the people in the chat room, thank you for tuning in today. And, and to all the people that called in and I wasn't able to get to, I apologize. Please continue to listen to the show. Next week, next week I got, um, what's her name? Got doggone, um, Madeline, who am I guest next week? Matt. I know you're listening, Madeline. Text me in a second. Um. This is this is terrible. I know I know this is the worst, Doc. Please please bear with me on this. No, this is just a prime example that it's the people around you that keep you all together. Yes. Oh my God, man! If you know people, people criticize you. Got to what you do with us? I mean, man, you know, if I didn't have this woman helping me, I'd have been uh, crashed and burned. You know, right, absolutely. And, uh, People say, oh, you big time, you got an assistant. I'm like, uh, I got a few, and I have to, because honestly, those are the people that are really running the operation. I, I know, that's the day say. After a while, you just become the person that's kind of, that, that gets to supervise and get to work through it. Which, what, what, I got something funny to tell you while you're working all that. Out. My mom was messing with me the other day. She was telling me that my housekeeper didn't need, my mom was visiting. My home here in Vegas. Uh-huh. She said my housekeeper didn't need to come and clean up my house. I need to clean it myself. Uh-uh. Mom, so what is what is your housekeeper gonna do that you can't do? All it's gonna take you is two hours to clean up. I said, Oh Lord. One, Mama, I don't have two hours just to be cleaning up. <laughs> <laughs> I just said yes, ma'am, and I started cleaning. <laughs> man, see that's why you that's why you're a good man. He does what his mama says. He, this is just a good human being. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Rodney Perry. This is Rodney Perry Live. And, and guess what? Uh, let's quick watch our show for the day, man. It's been an incredible show. Shout out to my man Preacher Mouth who just hit me up. And uh, thank you to everybody that tuned in today. It's been incredible. Thanks, Doc. And uh, for you, you people that are listening out there, there's always another way. There's always an option beyond the option that's right there in front of you. Take the better option, and you'll always be in a better place. This is Rodney Perry. This is Rodney Perry Live. Y'all stay blessed. That's our show for today. Next week, next week, y'all stay tuned. I'll let y'all know who it's going to be. Y'all see the emails. We're about to do it, y'all. This is Rodney Perry. Thanks, Doc. Y'all be good. We out.